<laughs> hey guys. Hey. <laughs> Welcome to Bring Your Own, a catch-all bookish most of the time podcast. I'm Brandy. I'm Kendra. I'm Kayla. And today we are doing round two of Defend a Book. Uh, in this case, books, plural. And we'll talk a little mm-hmm. bit more about that in a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Kayla and I are shitting our pants. Um, yeah. But before we do that, what are you guys reading? What are you guys drinking? So I just started a new audiobook today. It's been on my radar for a bit, but I don't know. I just like hadn't jumped in it. I had it on hold for Libby for a while and it finally came through. It's called The Rachel Incident by Carolyn O'Donohue. Our friend Bernie, who's at A Paperback Life, really liked this one. It's a lit fic book, guys. It's not a romance book. I think there's romance in it, but there it is a lit fic book. Whoa, crazy. But it's basically about like two best friends being very, very messy, which, you know, I love a good messy book, a book about people being messy and like having, I, I, this is going to sound crazy. I was just going to say and people having affairs, but when I hate the cheating trope, but oh. anyway, no, oh. I do. Okay. This isn't a romance book, so it's whatever. Anyway, um, <laughs> moving on. And I'm also physically <laughs> going to start tonight. I think I'm going to start tonight. What the river knows by Isabel Ibanez. I don't. I apologize if I'm butchering her name, but it's a YA fantasy book with like some Egyptian influences and stuff. So I'm really excited for that one. Nice. Thank you. Cool. Oh, and I'm drinking a Dr. Pepper Zero (gasps) and water. What? Twins. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, it's not a zero. I like the full fat in my Dr. Peppers, Um, but I am drinking a Dr. Pepper. (laughs) Love. Yeah, a little ASMR for you guys. So I just finished the audiobook for Sammy Espinosa's last review like a few days Mm -hmm. ago. And Kendra and Kayla have both talked about that one before on the podcast. It was just really well done. I especially think like the last 30% of that book was just so good. Highly recommend. And the audio was really good. So I finished that one recently. I think I'm going to start The Great Undoing as a reread on audio. (laughs) next like I just miss them so much and especially after recording our Magnolia Parks episode like I was editing it and I just I just miss them so much um Mm -hmm. so I'm either gonna do that or start you again by Kate Goldbeck which I know both of you guys have read and Kayla especially loved like for sure my next two yeah okay yeah okay I I know you both love them but like for sure my next two audio reads are you again and the great undoing I just have to figure out which order okay I was gonna say you gotta do both so yeah yeah yeah. I'll do both I would do you again first and then do great undoing because that way if there's a chance that you don't like you again which I don't think that will happen you have something to look forward to okay I was gonna I I was gonna see I would I was gonna say the opposite only because I feel like you'll be sad after the great undoing and so then you again might make you happier dude I just like not listen (laughs) to the last 20% of that book yeah you could just close it after yeah after you reach like 90 just stop it yeah but yeah. I'm physically reading – I'm rereading the Hunger Games series because Kendra and I went and saw A Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes last weekend, and I just, like, fell deep back into my Hunger Games phase. We did a Childhood Faves episode in season one, and I, like, gushed about my childhood phase, which was the Hunger Games, and, like, rereading, like, you guys, they stand up. Like, I understand why these were mm-hmm. such a phenomenon and, like, why I was so obsessed. They're so good. So I'm in the middle of Mockingjay right now. And then after that, I think I'm going to read Caution to the Wind, which as of this recording date comes out tomorrow, 
which is the most recent book <laughs> finally in the Fallen Men series <laughs> after like literally 18 months of radio silence from Miss Gianna. Crazy. So, and Kendra, sorry, before you go, I just want to give a little, like, like, quick shout out. Like a while ago, I was, when we were doing what we're reading, what we're drinking, I was talking about this beer that my boyfriend is especially obsessed with, but like I also love too. It's like my favorite beer. And it's called Oberon. It's from this brewery in Michigan where he grew up called Bells. And it just so happens that one of our listeners, Allison, like works at Bells, just like so coincidentally. And mm-hmm. she reached out and she's like, I'd love to send your boyfriend like a little package, a care package. And I just got it today. And it was so fucking sweet of her. And it was so cute. There was like a beer pint in there and some shirts and like a bunch of Bell stuff, which we get homesick, Dale and I both being from the Midwest. So it was just like so sweet. And I just want to say thank you to Allison. So nice. I was just, it was so thank nice. You, Allison. Thanks, I Allison. also really like beer. <laughs> <laughs> Kendra's a beer girly now. <laughs> I am currently drinking a Michelob Ultra. I was just about to say, so, is anybody listening to work for Michelob yeah. Ultra? <laughs> um, when I was at Kayla's house uh, a few weeks, like in late of October, she had me try some of Jared's, like, what was it? Port wine? Do you Ew. remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we, we had just got back from Portugal, so we had port wine. Oh, and Because that's where it <laughs> is not for me. She not for me, me either. Bla- like, she was like, here, try some something. And she's going to, like, give me, like, something like. No, I didn't. Oh, my you God. You gave me a whole big-ass glass. And I was no, like, I didn't. Ah, thanks, queen. And then he drank the rest of it. Well, I was like, this is yeah, not it's okay. good. It's, it's not. Like, it's not for everybody. It's thick. Yeah, it's, like, it's very oh. high in alcohol volume. But anyway, Jared loves it. I am drinking Michelob Ultra and I'm currently reading or I'm listening to um, The Wake Up Call by Beth O'Leary on audio and I think I'm gonna start Forget Me Not by Julie Soto. Um, I already know the ending of that book because Brandy and Kayla know to tell me that like they just knew to tell me. Um, I'm so I'm still gonna read it and I think I think because I know yeah, I think it'll, it'll go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, but if I yeah. didn't know, <laughs> I'd be sure. So, yeah, so because mad. I I read it as an arc, and when that happened, I was like, but I was I didn't know obviously, and so I was just like distraught. Yeah, <laughs> <It's> pretty distraught. <laughs> this one's like especially egregious too, because just like the nature of <laughs> yeah, how it yeah, happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So for those of you who have not read it, so sorry that we're being kind of vague about what what happens and then if i tell people they'll be like come on but i'm like no like just you don't get it <laughs> you don't understand no. it's it's a very specific it's personal thing that i have yes. Yes. that i think everyone should have. have i think honestly <laughs> it, it docks you a star if it happens in your book like autumn well that's not true because i have given books high ratings when that has, mm, has happened you have but <laughs> it, sh- it shouldn't be allowed anyways yeah i'm really excited for today's episode because like brandy mm-hmm. said we're doing defend a book technically this is like defend a series because mm-hmm. i just had that's crazy um i don't know the word to say i just had the pleasure maybe wow pleasures, interesting of reading uh the love light farm series all three books that are currently out uh by bk borson and i have been told for over a year maybe almost two years now to start this series and uh... i finally finally read it um spoiler alert yeah, you know, it just it wasn't for me. It wasn't my fave. And we're gonna and I'm gonna say why. And yeah. Brandy and Kayla who love the series. I wouldn't 
is this one of y'all's favorite series? No. I wouldn't say like favorite, but I I um, never hesitate to recommend this series to yeah. people. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um uh, well, so you know what's crazy is Kendra did this challenge at the beginning of the year where she's like in an effort to be oh. a better friend I'm like reading books that my friends recommend to me and at the beginning of the year I had just read mixed signals when she started this challenge so I was like my book mm-hmm. for you that I want you to finish by the end of 2023 is mixed signals and thank fuck that mid-year I read something that I was obsessed with and changed my book because I would have been devastated if my like one book for this friends challenge would have been one that she didn't like. Okay, so let's first talk about when we each read the series. So I first read Love White Farms and In the Weeds late last year. I think it was like close to the holiday season when I read those books. And then Mixed Signals was the second book of the year that I read this year. So I read it at the very beginning. And then Brandy, similar situation, right? Like you read it like almost like you read it like in January, mixed signals at least anyway. I don't know. Yeah. So I like went out of order because I got an audio arc of In the Weeds. So Mm, I read that one way back last summer, um, like summer of 2022. And I, the narrators for that book are just not great. So I liked it. I still really enjoyed it, but I wasn't like itching to jump into the other two right after. So I read that one, took a very long break then read love light in december of last year and then mixed signals in january of this year yeah so really close to when you read the those two i i listened to love light on audio and i actually didn't mind the narrator she wasn't like my favorite but she wasn't that bad to me and then i either read or listened to in the weeds i could totally look it up right now but i'm not going to and then um mixed signals that narrator is particularly egregious to me (laughs) and so i had to read that when i switched um, but anyway, that's what yeah. I read. And then Kendra just read, read all of them. Yeah, yeah. And I I read the whole series in the past um, like three weeks. I started like mid-November. It took me like almost, I would say like five days to get through every, like five days each for each book, I would say maybe give or take a little longer. And I did all of them physically, which I don't want to, I didn't want to do the audios because you guys said like, you know, the narrators weren't that good. In hindsight, I almost wish I read it on my Kindle just because I think I would have gotten through it faster. But I was like on this like physical reading kick because I'd like, mm-hmm. yeah. So, and to, to give people context, right? I read this series in November, like mid-November, beginning of November, nothing but bangers for me. I'm going to tell you guys, <laughs> I read Butcher and Blackbird, The Davenports, Love Theoretically, and Check and Mate. Those are like my favorites from the month. And I read those all prior to starting Love Light Farms. Mm-hmm. So I was like on this high. And then came Love Light Farms. Whoa, whoa. Well, that technically there was a book, but there was a book before I mean, Love Light Farms that I also didn't really enjoy that much. But like I just went in with like high expectations for Love Light Farms. And maybe that's my fault. But everyone that I know personally like really loves the series and like spoke highly of it and like was always recommending it to me. When I got there, I was like, oh. Okay. Okay. Let's let's continue. So, as stated, we have several books on the stand: Love Light Farms, In the Weeds, and Mixed Signals. So court is now in session. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Before we get into the crimes that this series is being accused of, Brandy, do you want to just kind of tee up the series for us? Yeah. In the past, uh, our last defendant book, we just like straight up read the description on the back of the book. But since we're doing three of them, I'll just give like a quick little overview of the series as a whole. 
So each of these books takes place on Lovelight Farms, which is located in a very small town. It's a Christmas tree farm. Initially, it is just a Christmas tree farm. Recently bought by Stella, who's our main character in the first book. And she is trying to turn it around, make it like this place of dreams that she always hoped it could be. And yeah, so that's like the first book. And there's some fake dating in the first book. And then the next book takes place in the spring. So each of these takes place in a different season. So Lovelights during winter, around Christmas time. In the Weeds takes place during the spring when after they improve the farm, they start doing a lot more there. They're planting flowers and vegetables and pumpkins and all this stuff. So that one follows Beckett. He's like the head farmer at Lovelight. So he handles all like taking care of all of the planting that happens there. Uh, And then his romance is like, what Kendra? What do you call it? Like first chance round two or something like that. Yeah, it's like it's one night stand. Yeah, one night stand. Forced mm-hmm. proximity. They, well, they don't really have a strong plot. Okay. Anyways, okay. Uh, okay. She's an influencer in that one, and then the third one takes place during the summer, which is about Lila and Caleb. Lila, uh, she owns a bakery on Lovelight Farms, and she is a professional baker. That's like her whole job. And then Caleb is a Spanish teacher at this point in the story. So each of these follows people who work on the light farms. The next upcoming book is about Stella's half brother, Charlie, who I'm so excited for that book. He's like down really bad for a tattoo artist in town. I'm just so pumped. Bro, that book is taking forever to come out though. Oh my God. Anyway, I know by the time it comes out, it'll be almost like two years. I think it will be two years since mixed signals was released. Right. Like I don't that. know. Something like that. Something but yeah, like so that. it's very small town vibes, lots of small town antics, and Kendra will say no plot. <laughs> um. So then just, we already know, I guess, one thing, but then Kendra, as the prosecution, what is the series being accused of? <clears throat> I haven't heard these, so I'm scared. Go ahead. I am accusing the Love Light Farm series of four things. The first, of course, being not enough plot, just aesthetic and vibes, flat characters, Repetitive, third out conflicts, and too much telling and not enough showing. As a whole, the series was just not for me. I tried, you know, but because of the reasons list that I just listed, um, I did not connect or feel moved by the stories or characters in the same way that my fellow co-hosts did. So, mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel like I want to also say, Kayla, did you read any of these five stars? No. Me either. I did not. Kendra, what did you rate them? I rate it every single book, 3.75. Looking back, I would definitely knock Love Light down to like a three. Give In the Weeds and oh. Mix. Give In the Weeds. Like, it's odd because like, I think In the Weeds and Mixed Signals both have their faults that are very similar, but they both do different things that I liked. So I would leave them both still at like a 3.75. Maybe knock it down to like a 3.5, like the more I, I sit and think about it. Damn, I gave mixed signals like 4.75. Like, I love that book. I gave okay, so let's check <laughs> out my your face. Oh my god, <laughs> looking back at um, my story graph, I rated Love Light 4 in the weeds 4.25 and mixed signals 4.5. So they improved upon each book for me. For me. <laughs> I gave Love Light and In the Weeds 4 and then Mixed Signals 4.75. I think she definitely improved on certain things. 
by the time you get to mixed signals you know i think mixed signals Mm -hmm. is definitely like i say the series as a whole really has no plot i think mixed signals can challenge that a little bit um but it's still not like that great of a like it's not that developed of a plot so can i i have i have a question for you i just i just want to know and i need you to look really deep down into your soul for this okay (laughs) Okay. so because since january brady Mm -hmm. especially has been telling you to read again she chose mixed signals specifically but as a whole we wanted you to read the love light series and ever since you were like just like throughout the year when you're like, mm, I don't know what to read. Mm, I don't know what to read. We were like, ooh, Love Light. And you're like, mm, no. Like you immediately shut it down all the time, yeah. always. You were like never like I, – I, I struggle to say just open like to the idea yeah. because you were always just consistently shutting it down immediately. Do you think that you went into reading this with just like, mm, I don't want to read this. Like, no, I'm no, going to read that- it though anyway. But, that wasn't it, honestly. Mm, like, okay. on it, looking back, like, you know, Lana Del Rey, she's like, mm. when you know, you know. I think my brain was trying to tell me, like, I wasn't probably going to enjoy this. And honestly, I remember that I actually started Love Light last year. I was visiting my family for the holidays, and we were at a football game, and I was kind of drunk. And I started it on Kindle, and then I was like, I don't, I can't read this. Because I was drunk, so I can't read that right now. So technically, I started it in December, but I only, I never got past, like, the first chapter. I don't I didn't think remember that anything. counts, but okay. But I was just, like, I was, so, like, I did want to, but, like, I don't know, just something was always just, like, don't do it, like, right now. Because, like, yeah, like, literally everyone that I am close to wanted me to read this series. Like, Kimmy gifted yeah. me the original indie version of Love Light Farms, um, mm-hmm. like, two years ago, and I, and I still didn't read it then. I was like, oh, okay, like, I, I always wanted to, but I just, something was like, mm, no. I feel like we all have those books where you're like, mm. And sometimes yeah. you read them eventually, and you're like, holy shit, I should have read this earlier. And then, in this case, I was like, oh. I guess let's start with your first point. Mm-hmm. No plot. I'll let you go yeah. first. Yeah. Let's let's start. I think the one that definitely does not have a plot whatsoever is in the weeds. I think that's like the worst offense of that one. It's literally just like what they're living on this farm because she wants a break from her social life or like from her social media. So she's just like living at his house. But like wh- we don't really know what they're working towards. So I was like, what is the plot here besides them as a couple growing closer, which is fine. Like, I still need a plot. So let's take it back, though, to Love Light. The plot of that is, like, this girl named Stella who in the opening chapter, we've, or, like, opening two or three chapters, we find out that, like, she owns this Christmas tree farm and she, like, wrote an influencer who t- later turns out to be Evie that, like, mm-hmm. she could – she wrote her to come to the farm, but she lied and said that she opened the farm with her boyfriend. And so now she needs to, like, find a – boyfriend to fake date and then it eventually turns out she ends up linking up with her best friend of 10 years why i just don't get why you would introduce that concept of them having to fake date to impress one specific person and that person does not even show up until like 60 percent of the book like the whole book you're sitting there waiting i'm just like okay like when are things gonna get popping because nothing i feel like nothing really changed for luca like i wish that it was just a bigger thing I feel like we spent more time celebrating, like, we're best friends. I like him. Oh, now we're holding hands. That's cool. But it didn't feel like that. I love fake dating. It didn't feel like that big, great fake dating with, like, all the antics and them, like, really trying to, like, impress people and, like, lie. And then by the time it happened, it's, like, it was over. And then, like, there was really nothing 
big around it. And then in mixed signals, I I, I will say that one has more of a plot because it's like what mm-hmm. they're they want to date each other to get better. Yeah. Even though, yeah, I feel like I wish it was more equally. Um, split i feel like it serviced that book serviced layla way more than it serviced caleb i think caleb in that book had no growth no plot whatsoever he starts the book he likes layla he ends the book he gets layla we really didn't explore him doing anything even like she starts the series with caleb being a cop and then like i mean i'm assuming she just didn't want to write a cop romance so then she turns him into a spanish teacher but I was still expecting some bigger conversation around like his life as a teacher. And like, I feel like so much of that book was just, I think this is my problem with all the books. They're on that damn farm <laughs> too much. <laughs> like get off that fucking farm and get into town. And especially with, with Layla and Caleb, I'm like, well, it should be called Ingle. Like, never mind. <laughs> especially in Mixed Signals, like so much of them was just in the bakehouse talking, like, 60% of that book is just I'm talking about fucking baking and baked goods and it's like okay like that's Layla's thing but why give me why give me two points oh, of views oh why give me two points of views if Caleb is not going to have his own story in that book to me personally right. like he got no growth anything so when I but again I said no plot more vibes and aesthetics so if you are a vibes and aesthetics girly oh my god yeah that book feels like Christmas but also like I can go outside to feel Christmas like I want it a plot and I can okay. keep going, but I will let you yeah. anyway. Also, like, I do want to say, like, I, I I can go in a lot. And so, like, I'm sorry if I go too far. You can you can tell no, me. No, that's that. the point okay. of this. No, I I think when Kayla and I were texting about this, like, we both agreed with you that this book is way more vibes heavy than plot heavy. But And I think that's one of the best things about it. I think it's mm-hmm. extremely low stakes. And I think based off of, like, what you read on the back of the book and – if you read the first book, I think you should expect that with the other two. And I'm not necessarily saying that's good, but mm-hmm. I think like I knew what I was getting myself into when I was reading those. And maybe you didn't because we were pushing it so much and it had such high, hyped yeah. it so much. When I first read Love Light, because I read it near close to the holiday season, I was like fully, I just was reading it because I was like, oh my God, I want a cute little holiday romance. And that's what I got. And that's why I liked it. I, I don't mind low stakes. Like I, I think you can do low stakes well. I think where the low stakes in this kind of backfire is in, I mentioned one of the other crimes is like the third act conflicts. I said they were repetitive, but the third act conflicts that like, I don't think they need a conflict then. Like why couldn't it, it, I would have liked this more if she went the route of out on a limb where it was like them just trying to figure life out and then they figure it out and then they go on, especially because it is so vibes heavy. So then it's like, if you're not doing anything, super plot heavy when by the time i get to these like third act breakups i'm like nothing fucking happened for it to just to, to me to justify like why you guys are especially we didn't spend in mixed it. signals for me i was like that well, is silly in mixed signals i feel like layla like i get it but again we didn't spend enough time with i think really deep diving into why she felt that way like we knew she had bad luck and love but i'm like she keeps going after love so like why is she, like a man's telling you he wants to be with you this is what you want it like why aren't you accepting it but it's in um in the weeds where that conflict i was just like this is so fucking stupid like and especially because that book had no plot so i'm like where's this like ugh. i just wish that there was a better build-up to justify it because again books can do vibes very very well i just okay. feel like that didn't happen i want to push back on the no plot in each of these okay. and i can go book by book so like love light I don't think that, like, I think it's a disservice 
when people are marketing that as a fake dating book because I don't think that book was written for the trope. I think that trope is in that book, if that makes sense. And like, Mm -hmm. I, and like she's marketing it that way. So like, it's not, it's not at nobody's fault. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. I think that trope just exists in that book in a friends to lovers book. And I think that I agree with you. Like if it's going to be a fake dating book, then they need to be fake dating. And Mm -hmm. I don't, I, I looking back, would classify that book as a friends to lovers friends that to has lovers. a splash of fake dating in it. Mm-hmm. Kayla, do you want to say anything about Love Light? Truthfully about Love Light, I can't remember <laughs> a lot because it's been so long. So no, feel free to. I do think out. like Stella's healing journey through that with like the grieving her mother and mm-hmm. like Luca's mom and like the role that she plays in Stella's life and the role that Luca plays in her life and like being like so terrified of that changing and like, losing this person that she's closest to now that she feels so alone. I will argue that that is like a plot point to me and character growth, which I know you're going to talk about flat characters in a little bit, mm-hmm. but I consider that a big pl- plot point of the book. It's like, she's trying to heal while trying to yeah. keep this business afloat because she like links her mom to her success in this business so much. Yeah. I just wish it had like maybe a better connection to like the external plot. Cause that to me is like an internal conflict for her. Right. And like sure. the best books always have both. both or sometimes multiple um yeah. can you actually do in the weeds next to talk about or yeah so i okay in in the weeds like you said like they're just both existing on this farm like i think that and maybe you'll argue the same thing that there should be more external plot versus internal mm-hmm. but like evie's having like this midlife crisis about her career she's feeling like everything that she worked towards is nothing like what she thought it was going to be. Like she's like not, she's reaping all these benefits from her job as an influencer, but none of the joy that she initially felt when she had like a really small following and was doing this and feeling happy. Got burnout. Right. Like the whole tagline of that book is like, find your happy. Right. So I think mm-hmm. she's just like, yeah, that was cute. Yeah. And like, I think the career burnout is the biggest one. And like you making that comment about love light, about that being an internal conflict versus external. Like, I think I would agree with you there. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, well, with Beckett, it's like, well, it was more like Caleb. I was like, Caleb, like, I, I have no clue what that man's conflict was with Beckett. It's like, I guess, I guess I just like have a soft spot for like people with anxiety and all. so yeah. like with that part oh, I was I like forgot that about was nice. anxiety I yeah. forgot about anxiety yeah. that part was oh, nice oh yeah that bar scene where he went to the back and she followed him oh he has to wear yeah that's actually like and... my favorite moment yeah, from the entire series is when she's like in his truck and she puts the earplugs in I thought that was really sweet I forgot about that yeah, yeah but like I, I outside of that like they don't conflict. they don't have well, like or something... his internal conflict I guess I should say they don't really have something that's like driving I don't know like driving them throughout the book like we just know that they had this one night stand and she left and you don't even find out like why she left until like much later in the book but it was like the most simplest thing like she just had an early flight in the morning but like the way it was kind of like talked about I thought it was going to be like oh like she left because she was like really scared or like I mean that kind of was it but I'm just like huh so yeah I just feel like with his it was especially vibes in that one because it's like oh we just really got to like know his family dynamic and like yeah yeah, that was it one thing that I won't push back on you on is because I actually, when I first read this series, when I was reading Mixed Signals, I remember I posted an Instagram story about how annoyed I was at BK Borison and her third act breakups, despite me really liking the books, because I do mm-hmm. like these books. With In the Weeds, this, maybe this sounds crazy, but I, mm, I, I don't know, I'm hesitant to say this because I'm not actually 100% positive, but even without Beckett's or 
or Beckett and Evie's external plot in that book. I think that Beckett is tied for my favorite guy of the series because like Kinner, like you said, like the soft spot for yeah. dudes with anxiety. And I do, yeah, like you said, like the the whole like earmuffs thing and or the headphones thing I just think is really sweet. And I do love his like family too, like seeing his family and the setup that it gave for Nova as well. And just his relationship with them I thought was so sweet. So I I think that personally for me, that was my favorite piece of the whole book was mm-hmm. Beckett and Beckett's family. And yeah, it, it is very vibes. Until he like just acted. So like oh, that conflict is yeah. the one that pisses me off the most because it was like she leaves to go do a job interview, yeah. but we don't know that. And then she wrote him a note, but it's in his point of view. He can't. He doesn't know there's a note. He doesn't see one. And then he purposely says... I'm not even going to go check her room. Yeah. Go check that fucking room. Like, <laughs> oh, like, are you stupid? Like, he just jumped to so many conclusions so fast. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, this is so, like, this is so, and like, of course, like, he doesn't have his phone. Like, it just felt very, like. Convenient. Yeah. Like, it, it just didn't feel, like, natural to, like, what they were, like, mm-hmm. I feel like they could have, I feel like their plot could have been, like, her getting that job and being, like, okay, I got to go away for a little bit. And then he's, like, okay. And then wondering if she's ever going to come back. Like, if that was just yeah. a conversation I had, they had, I was, like, oh, cool. But him, like, jumping to conclusions, I was, like, this is so stupid. <sighs> okay. I don't necessarily disagree with you on that one. Because, that, yeah, that, like I said, the third act breakups in these books are my least favorite thing. And I'm hoping... I'm it's really not hoping this way it's not in like the fourth book because I am yeah. genuinely very excited for that book. I'm very yeah, excited. me too. Oh my god, the fact that she already said that his nickname for her is Nova Girl. I was like, ah! oh my god, cross my leg. <laughs> um, okay, so mixed signals. I yeah. will. I, you've said a couple times you don't think that that book really served Caleb. I will say that felt way more like Lila's book than Lila and Caleb's book. But Layla, is it Layla? Layla. <laughs> I will agree with you that it felt way more like Layla's book than Caleb's book. But I will say that, like, I think Caleb's conflict is that he, like, never felt good at anything. He just, like, lacked confidence in, like, all areas of his life. And I do think that ties into his career change because he, like, it's the first one to admit that he was never a good cop. And he was bad at it. And he was bad at that. And he feels like he's bad at dating. feels like he's bad at connecting Mm -hmm. with people. And I I think that's where his growth comes from is because like being with being with Layla, Layla. made him feel <laughs> being with Layla made him feel more confident in himself like in his abilities to like be a good partner and stuff I I'd say the only area of his life where it felt like he was confident was as like a son to me and brother yeah I just wish that we were more show like. And I, that's one of my plots. Like, I wish that we were like shown those things rather than told because we were told he wasn't like a good, like he was fired for being too nice. We never really, like we ca- kind of saw it in the other books, but again, like since this is an interconnected standalone series, like I feel like his setup in this should have just been more aware. And that's another thing, like in the other two books, I was really excited to get some mixed signals because like it was made obvious that like Caleb had a crush on Layla and that she was just kind of like oblivious to it. So I thought jumping mm-hmm. in that like getting his monologue that we were going to know like I just was expecting him to be like a little more boy obsessed with her like it's there but he doesn't even like we never really have like a conversation with just like his internal monologue of him being like I've liked this girl for so long it's more like yeah like she's been around like it wasn't that clear until later on that's just that's just me I feel like it was evident in his actions though he was always in that big shop every day yeah yeah 
like buying stuff I think that he was, didn't need. Yeah. But, and he there's this quote but I want after it eleven to be in said, his monologue to be like, you know, like when you get a boy obsessed monologue, he's like, Oh yeah, she's this, she's that. We didn't really get that. That's what I just was expecting it. Randy, what's the quote? There's a, a couple in chapter seven. He says Layla, and I mean this isn't her POV, so I, I that that doesn't really argue with what Kendra said she wanted in, in his monologue. Part. But there's this part that says Layla. I've never heard anyone say my name like that. Like they don't want to say anything else ever again, which is my favorite quote from the whole book. And then in chapter eleven, he said, "I see you, Layla Dupree." He says it so firmly, so resolute that I can't help but believe him. Clear as day, I always have. That to me feels like sounds a little confirmation. Yeah, but again, like, I just wanted it, like, from – I was ex- excited to hear about, like, how he's always, like – I don't know. And that, that's, again, me, like, that's on me, like, an assumption because, like, we saw him in the other books, like, ha- harboring a crush for her. So I just thought, in his point of view, he'd be like, yeah, I've always wanted her. But it was more like, yeah, I'm bad at – and that's nothing. Like, he was like, I'm bad at dating, and I wish that – and, he, no, he was like, I just give too much in relationships, and that's nothing where I feel like we were just told so much that. But – in the like, we I wish we could have seen maybe in like the and I feel like also the series suffers from like a lack of planning. I wish in the other books how we got to see Layla like have these like have a bad boyfriend. I wish we got to see like maybe the town people talking about oh you see Caleb like went all out for a girl again like and then it just I had to like imagine like how far he would go because what he thought was too far for Layla like obviously she loved it so I'm like that's not going too far you know like I wanted to know why like see it more as you're talking about Caleb in his internal monologue I'm Mm -hmm. going through some of my highlights because this is one of the since I read this one physically it's the only one I actually have highlights for really there this is only 27% into the book and she's like wearing this uh scarf she always wears scarves like in her hair and he says it's matching her apron blah 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 he says i want he's talking about the scarf i want to feel it slip through my fingers i want to twist it around and around my fist until i can tilt her head back and get her mouth to mine eee, cute and then like later he's like talking about how he settles for having her in increments because that's all he can take at one time and he's like probably better for my sanity and chapter four page 36 he says i'm convinced i'm picking the wrong type of person because the right type of person is about five foot three has cropped brown hair and hazel eyes a collection of ridiculous aprons and absolutely no (gasps) clue about my crush cute and then again and then i wanted him to talk more about his crush and like how like i wish earlier he talked more about how it started and like you know what i mean like i'm trying to think of a book where like that happens but like he said eight pages later, I've seen her three days a week for the past five years, and I don't think she's noticed me once. And that's another fucking thing <laughs> with the plot. I, oh, I said like a few minutes ago, lack of planning in Love Life Farms. We're, we don't even know how long Stella has had the farm. I'm assuming it's been like a year at that point because she only talks about the previous Christmas. So I'm like, okay, she's had the farm for a year, whatever. And then like it's a few months later that Evie comes in the spring, right? to stay with Beckett. So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. it's only been a few months that Luca and Stella have been dating. I get to fucking mixed signals. That's only supposed to be, I, I'm assuming mixed signals, there's a time jump that we're just never aware of because she's like, oh yeah, Luca and Stella, they've been dating for like a year and a half. And then he's like, oh yeah, I've been seeing her for the past five years. How's it been five years at that big house if Stella's only own the farm for- What does the big house what? have to do with the farm? He said he's seen her for the past five years, right? The big house is just on the property. The big house is just on the property. It's been open. Yeah, the no, but like, been there. no, they converted it. Like it was like she didn't start it Is until Layla until Stella. Yes, she I did not remember. start that. <laughs> Layla Layla comes on because Stella recruits her. That's the whole thing. Like she recruits Beckett and Layla to come to the farm with her to start it. So Layla just wasn't working there. 
That's like, crazy. Lay- Layla. <laughs> Layla's also, first of all, Layla is not a professional. Like, I guess she's a professional because she owns, but she never went to culinary school. She went to college, got a degree in mathematics, and then she just likes baking. And she was working with that woman that she like has those monthly meetings with, who also owns a bakery in town, and that's who taught her how to bake. So again, timeline. I'm like, oh, what's going on? And again, listen, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. <laughs> That's my only excuse. So, so in my head, I'm just I don't cause, remember. Cause when I'm reading a series about interconnected standalones, I I just feel like this series could have been a lot more planned out than like what it I was. won't argue with you there. I won't argue with you there because when you were talking about like I wish you would have seen him have a crush on her in the last few books and blah blah blah. Like I I agree with you, but I will say like one thing I do like, and this was pointed out to me by my friend Haley, our friend Haley, who just finished the first book, is that BK Borison doesn't rely on flashbacks. Mm-hmm to build relationship dynamics. And because I like the relationship dynamics, I like that. I think you might say, Kendra, that you wished there were more flashbacks. Yeah. But I do, I personally, because I already liked the relationship dynamics that existed, I liked that we weren't getting flashbacks. Like their friendship, Luke and Stella's friendship already felt so strong to me Mm -hmm. when that book started. And Layla and Caleb's crossing paths like it it made sense to me and like mm-hmm. I l- admittedly wasn't thinking about timelines and yeah. when you do give the suggestion like you wish you could have seen those things in the other books like I'll agree with you there because like the only flashback that really exists is Evie and Beckett's hookup yeah and I just wish that I kind of hate that like every major relationship with probably the exception of Charlie and Nova was already established like we knew the dynamic in book one like we never get to see like the start of something right like we walk Mm. into the book already knowing that Luca and Stella are best friends for 10 years but I mean yeah that's like what I would expect from a friends to lovers book but I wish that we would get like at least one meet cute in present day like in the series I think it would actually do like a like Abby Jimenez like every book like we get to see the day the characters meet and how their relationship progresses onward i wish we could have even gotten that with like beckett and evie like imagine if beckett didn't meet evie and have the one night stand until she came to the farm because then it's like okay i get to see their relationship from the start so i wish that i don't know she just she i feel like bk borson knows so much about the series and i can tell that but not all of it makes it to the page and i feel like some of it has to make it to the page sometimes you can't rely on just like assumptions yeah when i regarding the the flashbacks thing i think i mean i didn't necessarily want them or like I wasn't missing them you know I I didn't think about it when I was reading because yeah I personally I do agree that like I do think that the relationships were specifically with Luca and Stella I think were were well established like I knew that they were best friends so it wasn't something that I necessarily missed or something that I would have hated having in the book either but yeah that's just yeah maybe I like I don't even need like a flashback it's more like especially like with Luca and Stella like I don't need that because like I know it's friends to lovers like whatever like that can just be shown but I guess I just wish that like we got to see a lot of these really like I just wish there was more progression I don't know what the right I don't know if it's like world building or, or something else like I just wish that like like I read the Queen's Cove series I by Stephanie Archer and I think she does a really good job I mean that's not my favorite series whatsoever but I think she does a really good job of like she knew what she wanted to happen in book four so she's gonna plant the seeds like really early but not in a way that's like overwhelming like I don't know I just wish that, I think it could have just been done better and again like i wish that we could have at least gotten one singular meet cute and that not every relationship established in the beginning like i don't know i definitely agree with yeah. you about like the the backwards planning i completely agree with mm-hmm. you like i wish we would have had more sprinkles of that kind of stuff in the earlier books i will say though like i think like layla and caleb's real 
introduction is at that bar when she's on that horrible date because that's when everything changes. Mm-hmm. So even though they've known each other in passing, uh, mm-hmm. and especially Caleb has had this crush, like I do think that we see the start of like their actual yeah. real. Yeah. Which I, I I mean that's that's me reaching when you for what you're asking for. I know this, but like I, I think that's like the closest it, like you're gonna yeah like, get to it in the series. Um, and because like yeah, even with like Charlie and Nova, like we know that he's obsessed with her, and we don't know how they met. Like we just know that he's always in town, and like he what did a tattoo for maybe that'll be it. But like I wish even then we could have seen like them meeting you know like yeah and maybe we will maybe yeah, the prologue but, or something well yeah maybe yeah. we'll get a the flashback of when she did the tattoo for him yeah we don't have to argue about the repetitive third acts because kayla and i yeah, agree with I you we all agree yeah, yeah. um yeah. but let's talk about flat characters now we touched a little mm-hmm. bit on those while we were talking about the plot because they're just so intertwined and we already made some arguments for some internal conflict that i think adds to characters but what else did yeah. you want to say about those um i think the characters come across as flat because for books written in first person, I feel like none of their POVs provide you with the character's personality. Like I could take any paragraph from these four books and take out any of the names and I could be like, no. who said this? Oh. And you couldn't, uh-uh. you couldn't tell me who said it. I, I don't, I, you, I feel completely. like you because so much of their inner, like some of their inner monologue is thinking yes and reflecting, but I feel like, what outweighs it is them telling you narrating action. If there's not a balance, it's like I got up, I went to the bakehouse. Caleb was at the bakehouse. Obviously, I'm simplifying it. Like she's a much better writer than that. But like that <laughs> is how. Like I, if I'm gonna read a book in first person, like I want to feel like I'm in their head, that I'm like feeling these emotions with them. So I guess that also ties into like telling and not and not enough showing. Like it it just i don't know i didn't i don't feel like any of their internal internal monologues were strong enough in that thought out and like they just they lacked personality especially in in love light because we don't get luca's point of view so luca to me luca i'm sorry boring ass man like yep, i can't I tell you outside of his family like that's it and like that's a disservice i guess the closest i would say like a person like a character that had a really good personality um without someone having to tell me what their personality was was beckett because like we could see inside that he was struggling like a lot like his anxiety and stuff but he's always like oh evie's a sunshine girl evie's a sunshine girl i've read so many sunshine girl books I read Evie's point of view. She she just gives regular girl like no sunshine. She's I not think super that she's optimistic. His sunshine. She's his sunshine though. But like I I think Evie's inner monologue is very different be- than what, how Beckett perceives her because like she's a bright spot in Beckett's right. life. And I agree with you that I think Beckett's internal monologue is really strong. But I think Evie's is completely rooted in her burnout, like and her like yes. questioning, like where oh my. <laughs> so, so if I, I were to find out a paragraph and I won't tell you what book, you could tell me who's speaking. And if I yep. I won't say any names. <laughs> yep. Mandy. <laughs> She's gonna find the most basic paragraph that's like, I brushed my teeth and I went to She's but gonna like, find like the we, most We all read books that were like it's from first person and like we just did our Magnolia Parks episode. We can spot out those characters' internal monologues from a mile away. Like, because they're so distinctive I, and fit their personality so well. I guess I could give you Luca, but 
I think uh, it's yeah. crazy. Everybody else is crazy. I think that Layla and Caleb, I something that I love, 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 love about that book is that they are both sunshine people. Like they're both happy. They mm-hmm. both want to make people around them happy. Like I personally loved that. And I do think that their personalities were distinct enough because I perceive Caleb as somebody who's insecure about his, like where he feels like he's lacking. And I see Layla as like a little bit more buzzy. I don't know. What's the word I'm looking mm-hmm. for? Yeah. I just, I just don't think like, I texted this to you guys. I think BK Borison should honestly try writing a book in third person. I think on, it would fit her. Like, I think she would probably nail it a lot more. I, I don't necessarily hate that take. I think I like, don't. that's a fine take, but like, I think her side characters have more personality than her main characters. <gasps> Cause again, she spends so much time in this. It's true. She spends so oh much time. Like, I would not be surprised if she's like Gilmore girls is my favorite show because like, you read this series and you're like, this is like stars hollow on crack, like this small town. And they have very distinct personalities. But again, like, it, yeah, I just don't think any of her main characters had like, it was just like, like a straight line across the board with the exception, I would say again, with it being Beckett. I hard disagree about Layla and Caleb, like hard disagree. Okay. That's crazy. That that I think is your wildest take. That to me is the wildest take that you've said so far. I mean, I don't I don't hear much defending. They're like Kayla and Layla are but I think part of the reason that it works for them is like you see some characters that are complete opposites of each other and that's why they're drawn to each other, but I think Layla and Caleb are both drawn to each other because of the things that they share in common. And I think those things are people pleasing. Layla's a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. Layla get has like a high stress about her performance at her job. I think that she feels insecure about her failings in love and feels like maybe she isn't capable of being loved in the way that she right. always hopes that. that she yeah, would we do be yeah, worthy. That. Yeah. yeah. And I think those things all lend to her personality and how she navigates, especially this like small town where the dating pool is so small and she feels like time is running out. Whereas Caleb, I, I mean, you'll, you argue that he's not boy obsessed, but I will say like, I think most of his personality is, around like wanting to find somebody that he can like really, really love because he has all of this inside of him that he wants to share and love, like has so much love to give. And obviously he was always hoping that it was going to be Layla, but he just wants to be a lover boy. I just, again, like wish that we got to see like more. Cause again, I feel like that book and that their specific plot of like wanting to date service Layla way more than it serviced him. Because again, like I, I wish if we would have just seen him on one date prior to her or like get insight into one of his relationships prior to her, then like, I think it would have amplified a lot of what he is struggling with in that book. Yeah. Um, I definitely think that could have served the book even more. I agree, but I don't, I, I think that he did gain stuff out of that besides just like getting to date Layla. I think he gained confidence that like, he's not doing love wrong. He's not loving yeah. people wrong. He just needed to find a person who was going to love him yeah. and like accept his love. And I think that was Layla because of, like I said, I think they share so much in common that like, that's why, you know, how there are, there are couples. I already kind of said this, but there are couples who are drawn to each other because they balance each other. And there are couples who are drawn together because they are each other. They're so similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that yeah. like Evie and Beckett are a great example of balance and Layla and Caleb are a great example of equals. Yeah. I just, I just wish we gotten more from Caleb and I wish we got more of Layla in Caleb's life rather than Caleb in Layla's life. Cause then we got, we okay. kind of spent so much time exploring with him. Like every time Caleb is like with his family, he's like by himself. Like I think 
it would have been so fun if Layla got to like meet his family because like they're so big and like so nosy and the mm-hmm. fact that they didn't like meddle even more into that relationship I think it it just would have been better also with Layla's family like this kind of annoyed me because again like when it comes to like flat ca- like flat characters like she introduces the fact that a reason why Layla strives so much is because of her family she comes from like a military background I'm like oh yes let's start talking about like military kids like I was like kind of excited I was like oh like maybe we can get into that and it's kind of only mentioned like maybe once or twice in passing about how like yeah like everyone in her family is just like military driven but like since she didn't go into the military like they kind of just like cut her off um and like I just wish that that was explored more because I think it just the parallel between her having like not a big family or not a supportive family versus like Caleb's family who like love and adores him I just think that could have made for like a very interesting a more interesting and then I feel like you know your family defines so much of like who you are whether you like it or not and so like I think that just would have added more to her character to see more of that dynamic um so I think it just kind of did her a disservice and it kind of it also with Evie it's like we get so much of Beckett's family and like his like relationships but like with Evie we got none of her family. We only know, like, she has a good relationship with them and they, like, don't live in town and, like, she loves them. And, like, even, like, with her and the townspeople, like, we're more so told that, like, oh, she's doing all these random jobs around the town to, like, get to, like, you know, find herself. But we never see her actually doing the jobs. It's always like, oh, yeah, today I worked at the bookstore. Or today I did this. And I'm like, I wanted to see her building those relationships and seeing, like, oh, like, influencer life isn't for me and like with Stella and Luca like I can't like she ain't got no family so and well she has her dad but like I also thought that was gonna play a bigger role because like she has that I think it's kind of a wasted scene looking back on it where it's like they're at dinner and like her dad is like super drunk and like his head lands in the mashed potatoes but like she never like talks about her dad or like sees him again which like she doesn't have to but like I don't know it was just I just felt like it was kind of also another thing these books are too short these books are too short Barely hitting 300 pages. Sorry. I, don't, I read them on Kindle. I don't even notice that kind of stuff. So <laughs> I think for but. me, like all the things you're saying, I'm not like, I do think that they would have added to the book. But in my opinion, when I was reading, especially mixed signals, I will give you the other two for sure, especially, mm-hmm. but like, I didn't feel like it took away from the book. It took away. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, but like, maybe a little bit in, yeah, in the weeds, I, I would have liked more depth from Evie, but in mixed signals, it didn't feel like it was detracting for me, but like mm-hmm. I, your ideas are great. Like, I think they would have added to the story, but for me, la- the story lacking them didn't make it worse, a worse read for yeah. me. I think it's because, like, every time I read a book, I come, I have questions, right? And so I wait to see if those questions get answered. So, like, when none of them get answered, I'm like, oh, fuck, you know? Yeah. Kayla, Ann, anything else to say? Oh, me? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, like, these, when I think of these books, I think of, I mean, again, this is personal opinion. um, And I know that this is part of why Kinder didn't necessarily fall in love with these books but i think of the town i think of the vibes i think of the crazy antics and the relationships between the characters that's what i think of and i don't necessarily sit well and i mean i guess i think about the third act breakups and how annoying they make how annoyed they make me but um but that's what i think of i think of all those things and i personally for me the things that kendra is talking about well i don't necessarily disagree with all of the things except for the flat characters on especially on couple of characters they didn't take away from from me like yeah if they would have been added maybe like a quarter star 
would have been bumped up or something, mm-hmm. you know? But they didn't – that's not the reason why I didn't rate these books five stars. The third act breakup is why I personally didn't rate most of these books five I was stars. a little bored during Love Light. They're okay. Bo- Brandy, we're supposed nothing, to be on the – we're supposed to be defending her. Nothing is, ha- nothing is happening. Again, not All right. Thank I've, you. I like – if I would have had I, – I do think there's a plot, but I think – if Luca had a POV in that book, I think I would have bumped it up at least like 0.25 stars. Yeah. I, I don't, I know it's her I debut, guess I don't disagree so. with that either. But yeah. So it's what it is. I just think if you, there are better books that do vibes better. Out on a Limb is one of them. And she just had more to say. Will you be reading book four? No. Kendra? No. Um, unless they have good narrators. I just don't really care for Charlie that much or like nova to be honest i think it's just because like right now and this could change obviously once we get his book but right now charlie just feels more like a caricature than like an actual character because he's just only doing like silly shit um and i just think if you again lack of planning if you knew he was going to be a love interest i think over time we should have just seen more of an appeal for him for me sorry like i wish we learned Uh. more about him Uh, besides him being Stella's stepbrother, who just so happens to always be in fucking Inglewild. Go do your job. Like, <laughs> uh, anyway, Brandy and I will be reading. If the narrators are good, which Love given it. the track record of this series, I don't know. But if they're good, I'll read it. I'll listen She to produced it. all of those audiobooks herself. And now that it's a Berkeley yeah, book, so I'm really, really, feel really like, hoping right. that feel it's like going to be better she, narrators. Unless she retained the rights to her audiobooks. I have had nothing but positive interactions with BK Morrison. However, I can tell she's not an audiobook girly because if she was an audiobook girly, the narrator for Caleb would not have made it past the first fucking round. No, he's the worst one. Hands down. That's why I say he's, that's the particularly egregious one. You know, go to our Instagram. If you, I just want to say this. If you love this series, that is amazing like so many of my friends love this series so i know i'm in the minority kayla you look so annoyed with me it's like no i just feel like so like now i feel self-conscious of it all like shut up no like, no 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 it's fine you're, you're no fine. i'm fine imagine if we did fox club god <laughs> i couldn't handle it i would be i would no. be way more upset but it's okay anyway yeah let us know if you are a love that farms lover or hater or somewhere in between if you enjoyed us talking about love light farms or kendra critiquing love light farms go ahead and give this uh podcast five stars we'd really appreciate it and then go ahead and follow us over like kendra said on instagram at bring your own pod uh we post lots of stuff out there little cutesy stuff lots of fun stuff all right bye guys bye guys